John, I'm going to put my jacket on so I look a little bit cooler. <laughs> you um, could have said it's because it's cold. No, no, it's because I'm vain and I want to look a little bit cooler. It's a good jumper you got, mate. You're rocking a good jumper. Okay, I just messed my hair up a little bit. There you go. Am I good for oh, camera? You did just do the Boris shuffle, didn't you? <laughs> I did, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> this is Sheer Isolation. It's presented by Kieran Moore in Chippenham and John Ponting in Cricklade. Kieran, it has been, what, three, four weeks since we've done one of these? We are back, as if nothing has ever of, happened. Three or four weeks of bliss. It's been just wonderful. I've not lifted a finger. I've eaten all the cheese. There's no more cheese left. So the cheese industry has been saved. The dairy industry has been saved. Um, yeah, and I'm now raring to go. We've got to run off all this cheese. So let's do it. I do still have plenty of cheese in my fridge, but it is all vegan cheese because I don't really do dairy anymore because I'm getting old. I've not but, had any of that vegan cheese, but um, I, I'm sure when I reach your ripe old age, I'll do the same. <laughs> I, I can recommend the Applewood. But anyway, we have started this show on a high, haven't we? Welcome to Sheer Isolation. <laughs> we, we can't top that. that. That is the top conversation to start this year off. I feel Welcome like I've scored a, a winning goal in the home derby, you know, of my local football team. I've, I've scored the winning goal. The crowds are going wild. They're all chanting my name. It's like, yes, let's do this! 2021! And uh, when we finish talking about cheese and just ranting like a madman, we will do our best to promote the local music in the West of England, as we were doing last year. We've had a few weeks off, and Kieran, so much has happened in the last few weeks. We recorded our last show. COVID cases were going down really nicely. No sign of any big waves or, or spreads of new strains of the virus. There was no Brexit deal. There is now a Brexit deal. And saying, there was John, no sign of a lockdown, and, and we're now into lockdown. So what you're saying, John, is all our fault. Do you think if we kept doing this, things would have been, have been more cushion. mellow? Maybe, yeah. We wouldn't have got, if we kept on doing this, we wouldn't have got a Brexit deal. <laughs> wouldn't be locked down and the cases would still be going down. There you go. Tonight's guest is a musician called uh, Nick Gibbs, who is uh, in a band called Folklore. Uh, they're kind of a, the, the more rocky end of folk, but we've invited Nick on because him and the, the band, they do a lot of touring around Europe, particularly in Germany. So with this new Brexit deal fresh off, hot off the press... We thought we'd uh, get Nick in because he's already been looking into and researching can he actually go on tour this year. So we're, we're going to take a break from our usual COVID agenda and we're going to have a Brexit show instead, which I know, Karen, you're looking forward to. I'm sure you've got plenty of rants ready to go. Uh, not ready to go, but I'm sure when I get prodded with the right stick, I'll go open on one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will um, start off with a track and uh, it's my turn to pick uh, the first tune of the year. This year isolation, Excellent. and I'm going to pick a track from a Sirencester duo. It's a band that I, I know and follow, uh, have been following them for, for years. They're called Athemia. It's Bernie and Michaela. I've picked this video in particular. This is a track called Real Love, and it's just a lovely wintry animation video. And I thought the fact that it's not got above three degrees in about a fortnight, and, <laughs> and we've got sleet and snow and all kinds of things going on in the weather, this is like one of those lovely feel good videos, and it's a really sweet song as well. So, yeah, this is Athemia.
Was just I was in a YouTube wormhole, um, and I came across a latter day, a very recent um, Travis song by a Scottish indie Brit rockers called Travis, and that has a very similar vibe to what you've just played. And I was amazed to know that um, Travis even did that; it, it blew my mind. But um, yeah, really lovely, really lovely band, really lovely sound. Mm. Bernie and Michaela, if you are listening out there, because they they give the best hugs, I am really looking forward to an Athenia <laughs> hug. 
first chance Aww. we get. They are Lovely. they are mad huggers. So Aww. I'm really looking forward to that. They're probably really sad that they're not allowed to touch anyone. In place of product placement, I was just going to ask you, have you seen anything exciting happen over Christmas and New Year? Has there been any exciting releases, any exciting news that you just couldn't wait to get hold of a new release? No. The most exciting thing I've seen is the fact that Brexit has enabled people to, or stopped people selling products abroad. So that's annoying. Has it been stopped or has there just um, been issues getting into the country? It's a tax thing. It's a VAT thing. And foreign, there's a few foreign record labels that won't ship to the UK now because the VAT they have to pay entering the country means that UK people don't want to buy the record. It's just too expensive. And I think um, with records going out of the country, I know the Anchoress and who's a Welsh musician, and then who was it? It was um, Invader Records and that. Again, similar thing. Products now have so much more additional costs to them and paperwork, it's not making it viable. Who would have thought Brexit would cause so much hassle? Okay, well, while we're talking about uh, Brexit, let's move on to this week's guest, who is Nick Gibbs. Uh, Now, Nick Gibbs is a musician, the main singer in a band called Folklore. And as I said in the uh, earlier link, they do quite a lot of touring across Europe. And so they've been very keen to see what's been the finer points of this Brexit deal to look at how do musicians tour? What kind of visas do you need? So he's been looking into that. Let's hear what he has to say. How did the band get into all of these European tours? Because you always seem to be going uh, out that way on, onto the European mainland to, to do tours. How did you get into that and how do you maintain it? How do you keep going back? Have you got fan bases in different countries? Yes, yes, a little bit of that. Some countries are easier than others, I think, especially it depends on how much you speak the language of the country you're going to. Yeah, but places like Germany, Netherlands, um, those types of countries are pretty, you know, particularly receptive like some UK bands with with UK lyrics and you know, English lyrics and that sort of thing, you know. And if you can speak a bit of the language on stage and have a banter with the crowd, that's that's good. But it's not like a prerequisite to going. I think a lot of bands when they start off going into Europe, they'll maybe book a couple of gigs with a few sort of small pubs and that sort of thing, or maybe try and get an you know in touch with a, a little a little agent that they might have met from another another band, and then kind of work in that way. And you can get over to Europe, you know, really cheaply on the ferry. You, know, for you could, eight, eight, <laughs> or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you could. Uh, a bit slower nowadays, but, uh, <laughs> but then as you play sort of more venues and festivals, you sort of build stuff. It's exactly the same in any country, but slightly easier in Europe that you start to meet more promoters and yeah, the the, the fees that you get at the festivals in Europe and the way that you're looked after with um, accommodation, you know, food and drink, you, you can actually make a living as a as a musician in in Europe much more easily than you can in the UK. So yeah, it's an absolutely wonderful place to play and tour as a musician. Yeah, you get looked after better in Europe, don't you? In terms of uh, riders, etc. You don't have to ask for it; they're already going to give you food, etc. That's kind of come part of the deal, isn't it, with, with the Europeans? Yeah, that's right. Whereas in the UK, you finish a gig and you might go to the bar and ask for a beer, and <laughs> you might get a scowl. Sometimes you get a beer, and um, <laughs> you get a fee. Yeah, yeah, but in the, in the worst places, um, you know, in some, some bits of London and so on, you might have to pay to play or or take a big risk on tickets and selling your own tickets for gigs and things whereas in, in europe it really is the kind of the reverse reverse way around and it's a music scene much more as a profession you know even even for sort of semi-professional amateur musicians i believe in europe i know i know for the fact in france i'm not sure about other, other places but if you are a musician and you're out of work you can acclaim the equivalent of the doll mm. so do take it very very seriously they had a similar thing that happened over here where a lot of their venues were obviously under threat and the government effectively bailed them out and just said, there's no way we're losing our arts. We're going to fund it and look after them and 
I would imagine that they're going to come out of this in a much better position than we are. So, so Nick, I'm going to take us back a few years. So not, I think it was not long after the, the Brexit referendum first, uh, the first result came out. You met up with uh, the community secretary, Robert Jenrick, and you kind of challenged him in a, in a car park from, from my memory. Do you want to give us the, the story about that? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's, he's my local MP, for better or worse. Make your own mind up on that one. Yeah, he was doing his, his sort of weekly surgery um, and, it, and he was kind of a, one of Bojo's lap dogs at that time, but he, he wasn't quite as high up the food chain as he is now. And I thought I'd go along to, gone to, along to his surgery and it was in the co-op car park, which I thought was good. You know, co-op, that's, that's good for you know, musicians and so on. So, so I went there and took him a T-shirt and a CD, as you do when, whenever you're a musician, you take a bit of promo stuff with you, don't you? To yes. Try and convert people. And yeah, I, it just happened that I got a, a contract through for a German festival that day. And we were approaching one of those no deal Brexit decision point where it was going right up the wire. We thought we might have a no deal Brexit within a couple of days or a week or something. I had this contract. I know I sort of said to him, you know, would, would you sign that contract knowing the uncertainties of the no deal Brexit? Because I was just trying to push for some kind of agreements that would make life easier or more certain. Yeah, and he said he, he wouldn't feel comfortable signing it. And it was kind of a risk-based decision. And, and the reason it was a risk-based decision is because there just was no concrete certainty about anything whereas now we're in a situation where we've got a little bit more certainty and it looks really bad (laughs) (laughs) in some ways it's still helpful because at least then you can decide not to sign a contract and not to do a festival and the festivals aren't left in the balance wondering what to do now that we do have this brexit deal i know that you're if we were in a covid free world then you would be looking to book yourself into to european gigs probably this time of year would be the time you'd be booking yourself in so what do you know about this new Brexit arrangement for travelling musicians who want to go into mainland Europe? Yeah, so it's um, it's for, for small bands especially, it's, it's pretty horrific. I mean, there's, there's obviously some common things, the same as like any traveller to Europe. You need, you need six months on your passport and your insurance and things and your, your e-hick card. Although now, nowadays it's going to be a G-hick card. And the, the, slight yes. irony, the slight irony with that is it's less, it's called G-hick because they wanted to make it sound global, but... It's less global because it covers off just Europe and it's less countries than it did before. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so there, there is a lot of irony in that G-Hit card, but don't, don't get me started on that one. Yeah, but in terms of music, musicians, some of the big uncertainties around work permits. So, for example, Germany, we haven't, we haven't agreed what the work permit arrangement is going to be with Germany yet. We're hoping it's going to be part of the visa waiver program, but it hasn't been decided for musicians. You know, so in, in the Netherlands, you can you can probably go for six weeks if you're touring, but that but it, but it, you're without a visa, but you probably still need a work permit. So that those are those are some uncertainties, and then there's added complications as well around taking your instruments abroad. So yeah, um, you know if you want to if, if you want to take your instruments over to Europe and then bring them back again, you effectively have to provide proof that you're not taking instruments over and that you're going to sell them instruments and electrical equipment. So you have to get a a, a carnet. Which, which costs 360 quid. Um, you know, I've, I've asked HMRC whether that's per band member or per band, and they, they've said they think it's per band and that it's, like, supposed to be per band, but the, the idea is you're supposed to list on this carnet all of your musical equipment that you're taking to and from Europe, and then ideally, in an ideal world, you would pay a cash deposit land, and, and land it with um, Chambers of Commerce, which is 40% of the value of your musical equipment which is a huge amount of money for most musicians carrying their instruments abroad. Yeah. And the reason they keep that as a security is in case you went abroad, sold your stuff, and then Germany wanted to reclaim the customs duty on the stuff that you'd sold. But you know, the reality is musicians are going to take their stuff abroad and bring it back home again. Of course. Um, 
So you, so you pay, pay this once a year, and if you can't stump up the four grand or however much it would be as a security, then you, then Chambers of Commerce will do this sort of deal where you you pay another fee to them for insurance, like so that so they would cover it for you, and then but that that ends up at another hundred and sixty quid. Whatever. So you, you stump up five hundred quid to start with per year, probably per band, but it but it could be per musician like if you're traveling as a duo one time and then you're traveling as a band another time and so on a different different band lineups would have to get get it um and that's just to enable you to take your musical instruments across the border and back again and you have to go through the red lane at customs um as well to show you show these show these documents and to go through the red lane at customs they recommend you book a time slot and you have to leave three hours extra so this all starts to add up it starts, there's a lot of red, all red tape it starts to it starts to add up and in theory, you can do like a du- what they call a duplicate list thing. There's a separate form you can list out and fill out. But, but as, far, as far as I can tell from HMRC, if you do that, then you have to settle this kind of security waiver stuff at the border. And you have to do it every trip. Whereas with the Carnet card, you pay once and it lasts for the year. Um, but you need a lot of certainty that you're going to be touring as a small band yeah. you know, you need before you do that. Do you yeah. think that's going to be putting a lot of people off from touring? Definitely. I mean... I, th- I think in, in the long run, when things get settled and it, there's no coronavirus around or less, and we've got more confidence the gigs are going to happen, maybe you've got more slots on your tour, people will stump up the cash. But say, right right now, um, like for for me personally, myself today, we had to decide whether to sign a contract for a festival in Germany in the summer. Get, they're taking the risk at the moment, sending contracts out, thinking that they'll probably go ahead, but they're not sure. You know, we, we just can't sign that and we can't take a punt on it right no. now partly because of coronavirus and partly because of the brexit um, regulations you know so yeah i'm sure it'll be putting bands off and some bands won't know about it and the, the challenge for them is when they get to the border you know that all their instruments could be confiscated either on the way out or worse going you know, worse on the way back you know and they're stuck in europe and then, then you're in the right mess so so what is there stopping bands like yourself and i wouldn't suggest that you did this for a minute but as four or five musicians, you just go in four or five separate cars, get the ferry completely separately, just have a guitar in the back or a keyboard in the back and just yeah. poodle off to Germany yeah, <laughs> under the radar. That busman's holiday thing. So, and, and, you know, in the old days, that's what bands used to do quite a lot. And go back, this sounds like Robert Jenrick now. I'm going to say it's a risk-based decision. You know, but it is. Uh, but, but do you want to take that risk? And I think it's it, time will tell. In the first year of Brexit, it's probably not a good time to do it. Yeah, the road bands might be a bit more flexible, but more likely we'll get more flexibility built into the system by then. Are we now in a situation where touring in France is the same as touring in America? Is it the same paperwork and the same hoops you have to jump through now? It's, it's, it feels a little bit similar. It's going to be slightly e- easier. Like like America, particularly, is is you know a nightmare. I remember when we went to Canada once when I, when I was much younger, about twenty, and we didn't have visas sorted out. And and it was a rope, you know, it was a very dicey situation. And we ended up on the border, you know, going through your passport control and they were saying, you know, what are you doing here with your instruments? And um, you know, we 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 could have ended up either just on a return flight home or you know, and ended up, you know, in, in much deeper trouble, really. I, I can just imagine bands getting into these situations going to Europe now. Um that's what worries me. It's it's like um yeah, it's not gonna be quite as hard as America or something, but you can still land yourself in trouble really easily if you make the wrong choices. If any musicians are listening, there's a couple of bits of good news that look like they were going to be hard, but they're not. So if you want to take your CDs to sell on tour, that's actually really easy to get yourself um, an, uh, an EROI number. Um, go on, you know, go onto the government website. It's easy to get one of those. 
plug in your national insurance number or whatever, you can get one of those and then you can take your CDs with you. Just have to declare how many you're taking, have some original receipts from when you bought them from the rec- from, from your pressing company and you can take them in your van as long as it's, as long as it's a van with less than nine seats. So that, 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 that's, that's really straightforward. That's good. And, and a word of warning, like if you've got, if you've got any like wood in your instruments or something, which is endangered species, um, like ebony on your violin, on your fingerboard, wow. or in your rosewood on your guitar or whatever, and they're yeah. part of the IT's endangered species list, then you have to get that now. But as, uh, with, with Brexit, you're going to have to get a CITES certificate for it, um, which is free to get at the moment, but you have to get that and show it to customers when you go through um, to enable you to take the endangered species wood in and out of the country. Wow, I did not know that. That's really genuinely quite interesting. Musicians Union's got a big like flowchart diagram if you go on their website you can get that i think everyone can get hold of that on the mu website and it runs through all the costs and the order you have to do everything to go touring in europe we asked you to, to pick a track um to, to play nick and you've picked a chap called paul carbuncle uh, and a track called chopping an onion so who is he and why have you picked him yeah he's um a local nottingham guitarist hewn a little bit from the punk era um as you'll see by his haircut when he's playing and um yeah i, I picked him because he's um He's kind of a well-revered musician locally on the folk circuit. You know, he's got a bit of a rough edge, but he's got a really deep, meaningful lyrics. He was over touring in Europe, actually, in Catalonia, when they were having the separatist um, you know, struggles with the rest of Spain. Oh, and wow, so, was he? Yeah, which was an exciting place to gig, I think, at that time. Yeah, and he's a really sound bloke. That, that's someone who really has delved into the, the finer details of what, what it means and how it affects us. And... I'm, as you can probably tell, I'm all doom and gloom. It's all terrible. We shouldn't be doing this. Go back to that. And he's come away with this saying, well, actually, he's a yes, realist. You know, he's realist. Yes, some of these things are bad, but there's workarounds. And in some cases, X, Y, Z. Um, so, yeah, he, he's very much the practical day to day of it. Um, so I'm really, I really appreciate him spent, taking his time to tell us that. Chopping an onion, an onion she'd grown in the vegetable patch. She dug in her lawn. She glanced out the window and then looked again. As the telegram boy turned into the line, she shamefully wished the young angel of death upon innocent neighbours under her breath. Their hearts bit apart and a simple tear fell. He walked up the path and rang on the bell. He stood in his navy blue jacket and hat and held out the envelope, eyes on the mat. She opened it painfully, thank you, she said. Regret to inform was as far as she read. Sits on the stair with a cold cup of tea and a howl of despair. It's been 17 hours and she can't understand why her son had to vanish 
some distant land. It's been 17 weeks and she wishes she knew if he suffered, how he suffered, where he suffered and with who. And then comes a letter describing a grave. Says she ought to feel proud. He was strong, he was brave. It's been 17 years and she's never known why her boy had to go, why he didn't come home. She's still growing veg and she's still baking pies. And when she chops onions, no one asks why she cries. The track is called Chopping an Onion by a, a lad called Paul Carbuncle. Amazing hair, proper, proper Mohican hair. Yeah, proper, right down the sides, shaved everywhere else, proper. No, no he's not doing it by half. No. <laughs> and it's a nice, fast, acoustic punk song. I mean, that would, that would work at any of my shows, practically. <laughs> oh, you're missing your shows. You can't wait to get them back on again. Can you? Can't wait. To be honest, mate, I, I don't know if I said this to you before, but um, I, I love doing acoustic gigs and folk punk gigs and all the rest of it, and I, and I love that scene to death. But the one thing I really, really want to do right now is get in front of a loud electric band and just have my face melted. <laughs> you know, as much as I love acoustic music and all the rest of it, just want to hear a loud band just, just smash the sh- out of all their equipment and just go m- mental. I want to see part chimp in a tiny venue. That's what I want. <laughs> I was going to just observe one thing with regards to this this thing and the values of what what, what we offer and the, the the music industry is worth billions to to our economy it, when you when you consider all the other factors that are involved in it like from wet sales and bars etc that are not necessarily associated with music itself but are a knock-on effect from the music it's just worth astronomical amounts of money the fishery industry which was what we hung a lot of brexit on is worth like less than 500 million the value of the two and what it represents are, obviously they're just they're miles apart I discovered or I learned that two other things dwarf the fishery income to the UK. Warhammer, the Gaines Warhammer, earns the UK more money than the fishery industry does. And bizarrely, the sex toy industry, British made sex toy industry, earns the UK more money than fishing does. Best so, in the world, Aaron, best in the world. Best in the world. So, well done, love, honey. Uh, Let's do a little bit of news. Now, we've, we've mainly focused on Brexit, but obviously the other big story that's happened is uh, the rising COVID cases, the fact that we've gone into another lockdown. All venues, all pubs are closed for the foreseeable. I know you, you would have been a very risky person if you were running a venue and starting to book acts for February and March, but what do you think the situation is currently, Kieran? Uh, so, um, I've I've got I had ultrasounds due to play moles in April, and they've emailed through today to say let's postpone it. Same thing with Lady Nade, who was due to play at the Town Hall in Trowbridge. We said let's postpone it. Everything's been put back beyond April, and in fact, we've not booked a firm date for any of them. There's just no point. I think now this is this is the last of it. I, re- I genuinely think that because this this uh, inoculation, this vaccination is coming in. Uh, we will start seeing the return to to being able to function again, which is amazing news. Um, but it does mean that this this one last little push where venues are going to be shut, hopefully will be it. I don't think gigs are going to happen in February. Um, I did have a few things planned. Um, we were looking at doing some socially distanced shows. Um, they've all been off, completely taken off the table. Um, Trowbridge Town Hall will, would like to look at investigate doing some socially distanced shows in April, um, which is obviously three months away from now. 
it's a possibility I think the Easter weekend which is mid-April so potentially three months time you might be able to do something but again these are going to be these are not going to be national touring acts because national touring acts need definitives they need to know they can definitely do this you just can't say that you can so yeah not the best start to the year but as you say there's definitely light at the end of the tunnel so give it a few months and let's hope uh, we get back to normal then if people want to get in touch with us, our email address is sheerisolation at gmail.com. We've got uh, a fair few songs in there that uh, we'll be hopefully featuring in the coming weeks. And um, we will leave it at that, I think, Kieran. So it's been, uh, been a really educational first show of the year. Learning yeah, all about yeah. Brexit and what you have to do as a travelling musician. Yeah, I'm sure we can't bring better news, but from here on in, it all just gets better. So There you go. Kieran has said that. It must be true. Cool. Lovely job, Kieran. Cheers, mate. I'll let you go back to work.